You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed engaged and entertained my name is michael spinella and i'll be your host for the next hour this is episode 251 of the canadians connection podcast and i'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host and the editor of the hockey news montreal the founder and the president of rocket sports rick stevens and rick how are you doing on this incredibly hot day (laughs) it's summer all right uh we're into july and uh it's that beautiful Montreal summer weather, uh, which can be oppressive at time, but mm. it also means that if it's summer, we're into uh, the whole Montreal festival schedule. We had F1 weekend. Um, there's coming up, there's Just for Laughs, and there's Comic-Con, there's Oceaga, uh, and this past week was the Montreal Jazz Festival. Uh, now, did you have a chance to pop in? on uh, the, any of the, the open stages? Yeah, I popped uh, by for some of the free shows on Tuesday. I got to see Domi and J.D. Beck. Nice. Really awesome uh, duo, uh, drummer and a piano player. It's uh, one of those shows where I walked away, and some of our listeners might know this, and I know you know this, but I do play the drums in my free time. After watching J.D. Beck play the drums, I can no longer call myself a drummer. <laughs> Well, no, you're don't be too hard on yourself. You're st- you're still a drummer in our books. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to start watching some of his videos and trying to replicate what he does. But insanely good drummer, uh, really good uh, jazz jazz festival. Have uh, had a chance to stop by a few times uh, since moving to Montreal, and uh, really nice that uh, there's lots of free music and free stages for everyone to enjoy. It's incredible, and and yeah, the, the music on the free stages is. Um, is is excellent, um, and it gives you an opportunity to hear some artists that you might not have heard uh, before. Absolutely, and uh, speaking of things you might not have heard before, uh, we did have the Montreal Canadiens development camp go down this past week. Lots of prospects you might know, some names you might not be familiar with, and uh, that's one of the things we'll be talking about here in the first segment, uh, along with all of our other Montreal Canadiens updates. And then segment two, uh, we have a Rocket Sports mailbag. Uh, it's the first one of the summer. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this, and uh, since the draft has gone by, free agency has gone by, lots of good questions from our listeners, so uh, we want to take some time to answer those 
And then in segment three, uh, we'll turn it back to our listeners again for our Have Your Say segment, uh, our Canadians Connection. Question of the week is, which prospect impressed you the most at the Canadians Development Camp? And uh, Rick, for those interested in reaching out and letting us know, or if they have any kind of comment or something they want to tell us about our show, what's the best way for them to reach out to us? Well, I tell you, they've been reaching out uh, post-draft. They were all over our, our uh, text line and our email and our social media. Um, but it's it's we've emptied it now, and, and uh, that's why this mailbag issue uh, we've put together, the edition of the podcast. Uh, so it's free. And if you want to send us a text, the text is 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. Uh, that's the Rocket Sports text line. If you have more to say and you need to send us an email, uh, you're welcome to do so at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Also, feel free to reach out to us on our social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. And there were a couple of really interesting stories from this past week. Uh, starting things off, this past Friday, it was the anniversary of the Canadians selecting Uri Slavkovsky with the first overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft here in Montreal. And uh, here's Kent Hughes to announce the pick. With our first pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Canadiens de Montréal sont fiers de repêcher from the Slovakian national team and TPS Turku, Uri Slavkovsky. Quite a reaction, and you were there uh, at yeah. the Bell Center, as were uh, many of our, our Rocket Sports team and and our Rocket Sports listeners, who we provided uh, tickets for. And um, yeah, that reaction was not. Uh, it was. It was somewhat. There was shock. There was O's. There was uh, uh, boos. There was all kinds of a mixed reaction. And fortunately, in the year that has passed, I think uh, fans have warmed up uh, to Yuri Slavkovsky. And I, I was uh, on Friday. I thought it was nice that his dad um, put out a, uh, a tribute to that moment, um, also named Yuri Slavkovsky, um, <laughs> and uh, and made mention of of the three uh, players from Slovakia who were taken in the first round uh, of last year's draft. Yeah, being there, honestly, it's going to be a moment I will never forget. Uh, everyone expecting that Shane Wright pick, and uh, when Kent Hughes goes up there and says, you're I Slavkovsky, I don't know that uh, that recorded audio does it all the justice <laughs> that uh, it was, but certainly a mixed reaction. You definitely heard some boos. I think uh, a surprise for most people in the audience that night. For sure. But uh, another thing that went down this past week uh, was development camp, and uh, Paul Byron had a chance to speak to the prospects, uh, and uh, he brought some very insightful words to camp attendees. In the NHL, some games I play eight minutes, some games I play 14 minutes, some games I play 11 minutes. My role is completely different. Uh, went from being the guy to being kind of like a utility knife, and, and that was good for me. I was comfortable in that role. You need a guy for an energy shift, one shift, boom, I did it. You need a guy to go kill a penalty, boom, I did it. You need a guy to sit for nine minutes, encourage the guys, drink water, I'll do that too. You know? <laughs> I never pouted about it, I always had a good attitude. You know, there's a lot of things uh, worse in life than, than playing uh, four five minutes in the NHL, so I always kind of kept a positive attitude. Wow. Um, that's exactly what you want to hear from um, a career NHLer, a successful NHLer, 
uh, speaking to a group of prospects. Um, and it was it was Paul Byron. Also, Nick Suzuki um, uh, was there, and and uh, Nick talked about um, uh, the the message that they've received from Marty St. Louis, saying, "Find your chair. There are a number of chairs. Find yours and fight for it." Uh, which I also thought was a good message. But uh, with respect to Paul Byron, uh, let's keep in mind that Paul Byron has not had a contract. Uh, his contract expired uh, on June 30th. Um, so we wonder if he is going to carve out some sort of role, uh, with the Canadians. Remember he, um, last year was injured and oftentimes sat with the injured players, but, uh, there was also, uh, times that he sat in the, in the, uh, suite with, um, with Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. Um, so we wonder about, uh, what role he might have. Uh, with the development staff or or with uh, the organization in some way being an advisor. I just thought this message was was excellent. Um, you know, everyone has expectations, but you have to you have to um, morph yourself into a role that meets the team needs and and he did that. He was the guy. He was the utility player. Or, as he said, um, you know, sometimes you might sit for nine minutes in a row and you drink water and you encourage your teammates, uh, but there's worse things uh, that you could be doing than playing in the National Hockey League. A terrific message from Byron. Yeah, I really like to see it. And, uh, you know, not every single player or prospect is going to turn out to be a star. You do need those utility knives. You need those guys to come in and find a role for themselves and work hard. So definitely love the message and uh, nice to see that Paul Byron's uh, making some appearances around. I'd like to see him stick around with the organization. For sure. So make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout the busy offseason at THN.com slash Montreal. Over this past week, uh, Montreal did not make a big splash during the free agent frenzy, but uh, they made a few, I think, depth, depth signings, among other things. Uh, starting off, the Montreal Canadiens signed forward Philippe Maillet and defenseman Brady Keeper to one-year, two-way contracts. Uh, so I think these are definitely depth signings, possibly more for the AHL than the NHL. Yeah, I think so. Um, you have Maillet, who uh, is 30 years old. He's a small uh, forward uh, he played the last two seasons um, in in the KHL, um, but he has tons of AHL experience, uh, over 200 uh, AHL games, um, uh, just two games in the NHL. Um, but I think that uh, he'll be one of the players that uh, they'll be looking forward to, to be one of the leaders um, in uh, Laval. Uh, Brady Keeper, um, he's a right shot defenseman, good size. Um, he was in Abbotsford uh, last year and, and has uh, considerable experience in the AHL as well. Uh, an interesting signing by the Montreal Canadiens. They signed forward Elias Anderson to a one-year, two-way contract. Anderson is a former seventh overall pick in 2017 by the New York Rangers. Uh, he's not made the jump to being a full-time NHLer, although he's been with two different franchises in the New York Rangers and the Los Angeles Kings. This one's curious. Leas Anderson, uh, a Jeff Gorton pick, as you said, seventh overall uh, in the 2017 draft, um, hasn't been able to make that uh, successful jump uh, to the, the NHL. 
Um, but he, you know, a point of game player with the Ontario Reign, uh, Ontario Reign, the AHL affiliate of the Los Angeles Kings, point of game player last year in the AHL. Um, so this looks like uh, another project uh, for the Canadians, uh, maybe for Marty St. Louis. Um, but, uh, this, this was, uh, you know, uh, this, this is one of these long shots that, that might pay off for the organization. Uh, feel good signing for the Montreal Canadiens as they re-signed forward Raphael Harvey Pinard to a two-year contract extension worth 2.2 million. Uh, last season, he got into 34 games, put up 14 goals and 20 points. Uh, he had an opportunity that I think was only really there because of the amount of injuries on the Montreal Canadiens. But he took advantage, and I, I was rather impressed. Uh, we'll see if he can keep it up. Yeah, he's a hard-nosed player. He'll go to the net, um, and and that pay that paid dividends uh, last season. Um, even made his way up to uh, the top line, and uh, you know, on a on a, a team at the bottom of the standings w- that are f- that was full of injuries, um, he he didn't look out of place. Um, it's going to be more difficult for him this season. Uh, and the thing that works a little against him is uh, that he's waiver exempt, so it's easy to send him uh, to Laval. And with the the number of forwards that the Montreal Canadiens have, and, and Kent Hughes has, has mentioned that he'd like to um, move some of them uh, because there is this there is obviously a log jam. Um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, we know that at every turn from the um, end of season, um, the garbage day uh, clean out um, press conference, and every time he's had a chance, he says he wants to be in Montreal. And, and yes, that's a good goal to have. Um, but he's going to have to work pretty hard over the summer. Um, his skating is not uh, is below NHL level, and he knows that. That's something he'll be uh, trying to improve over the summer. Um, and and I think he's pretty well aware that there's going to be uh, heavy competition um, at camp for those uh, forward positions. Um, but we wish him well with that. Um, if you go to our, our website, you'll uh, thn.com uh, slash Montreal, uh, you'll find an article that came out by Chris G. Uh, on the press conference that uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard uh, uh, participated in after his signing. Canadian's prospect Bogdan Kanishikov has extended his KHL contract until the end of the 2025-26 season. So that's a fourth rounder from this past draft, 110th overall. Uh, 20 years old, he's a defenseman. Uh, not a ton of information on him. Yeah, it's uh, this is one of these uh, you know off the board kind of uh, picks. Um, his contract goes to uh, the 25-26 season. Um, he's a, an undersized, uh, right shot defenseman, uh, 5'11", um, but has done pretty well for himself, uh, in the KHL, played 64 games, uh, last year for Torpedo, um, and averaging 21 minutes a game and played on both special teams, which is unusual for, um, such a young player, but, uh, the coach of the team, Igor Larionov, uh, kind of fell in love with him. Um, and, and, and Bogdan also, uh, I think, uh, grabbed the spot in that he was, he was willing to block shots. He, um, would kill plays pretty well with his stick. Um, and it's, I mean, he's got lots to work on, including, uh, strength and, and, uh, uh dealing be- with being undersized. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting pick and one we're going to follow. And, um, I guess the only other point that I'll make is, uh, that he's represented by Dan Milstein, uh, which is, you know, one of the most powerful agents, uh, in the NHL and Dan Milstein, if you're a budding Russian defenseman, um, you want to be with Dan Milstein. He has, uh, Sergachev and Romanov, uh, Zadorov, Zub. Uh, Zaitsev uh, as as his clients, so uh, that all bodes well for uh, this Canadian's prospect. Yeah, big thumbs up for Zub, big thumbs down for Zaitsev. I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more news on defensemen signing contracts: uh, the Canadian signed defenseman David Reimbacker to a three-year entry-level contract, so their fifth overall pick is locked up for the next three years. Well, you knew this was coming, and and around the league. Um, Teams are are signing their uh, first round picks and others to to their entry level contracts. This was a big moment uh, for David Reinbacker. Um, there was uh, uh, a little uh, video clip of him signing his contract. Uh, he called his his family, and it was quite emotional for him as uh, he made that commitment to uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And and I, I think it capped off, um, you know, from the, from the draft to uh, development camp and then signing his contract. It was uh, quite a whirlwind for him. Uh, I thought it was interesting um, that uh, he was asked which, uh, whether he would keep his training camp number or whether he had asked for another. And he said, well, he's had different numbers uh, over the years. Uh, he really likes number nine. It, yeah, you're not, you're mm-hmm. not, you're not getting number nine, David. Um, he likes number six. Now, Chris Weidman has that, and it was Shea Weber before. Or uh, number sixty-four uh, was Corey Schooneman, I think, last year, uh, and and Schooneman off to uh, the Colorado organization. So maybe there's a chance for that number um, when he makes the jump to the Montreal Canadiens. So we have quite a few Laval Rocket signings to talk about, so let's get to our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So the Laval Rocket have signed defenseman Toby Paquette-Bizon, who you are probably very familiar with. He's familiar with the Rocket organization. Uh, They've also signed Noah Lowen, uh, forwards Jared Davidson, uh, forward Alex Olivier uh, Voyer, and uh, Jakov Novak, along with goaltenders Strauss Mann and Zachary Emond. Um, like I said, we know uh, Paquette Bizon as he was part of the organization previously. He spent last year with the Ontario Reign, though. A uh, couple of uh, goaltenders coming into the organization um, like with experience, mostly in the ECHL. We'll, ha- we'll see what, how that plays out. And uh, Jakov Novak is a former Ottawa Senators draft pick that went unsigned. And we remember Jared Davidson. We talked about Jared Davidson an awful lot. Uh, one of the few places who were highlighting his terrific season uh, with Seattle in the WHL last year and the run to the Memorial Cup. So uh, nice signing there for Lavelle. Um, Strauss Mann is an interesting one. Um, was uh, with the University of Michigan um, and had terrific numbers with Michigan. In fact, um, he was the captain uh, in his third year, I believe, uh, with the University of Michigan, their first goaltender who was a captain 
in 75 years. Um, then he got into a bit of controversy with the coach and the con- and the coach had his issues as well. And he went off to the, um, the Swedish league um, and uh, played in the Olympic games, played at the world championships, trying to make a, a, a return to um, North American hockey. And uh, as you said, did that last year, mostly, well, kind of split the season um, between the ECHL and AHL. And I expect, well, there's lots of movement with respect to mm-hmm. Canadians goaltending, but uh, I expect that uh, he'll spend some time in Trois-Rivières this, uh, this season. Yeah, you can never have enough goaltenders, especially when uh, the Montreal Canadiens have been having as many injuries as they have had. So I don't mind bringing in a couple of uh, guys with some pro experience, at least. Yep. So the Montreal Canadiens development camp ran from July 1st to the 4th. So this is an opportunity for fans to see the prospects. It's the uh, opportunity for the organization uh, to see their prospects, uh, work them out, see where they're at. And uh, quite a few guys, uh, quite a few familiar faces. As uh, We saw Philippe Michard, we saw Logan Mayu, Joshua Waugh, uh, Paturi Nurmi, and some others. Uh, any uh, prospects uh, that you wanted to point out there, Rick? Uh, Vincent Vincent's Rohr, who we had a feature, you did a feature interview with earlier this season, and countrymen yep. of, of David Reinbacker and, and Lane Hudson, Logan Mayu, uh, Jaden Struble, um, the goaltending, Jakob Dobas and, and Jacob Fowler and um, a real nice uh, selection of, of talent at, uh, at the camp. Yeah, so they were put through a lot of on-ice drills, a lot of off-ice fitness testing as well. Uh, tons of videos on the Montreal Canadiens' Twitter feed. Uh, you get to see them riding a stationary bike like mad. Uh, there's also some weightlifting and one that involved picking up what looked like a deadlift and doing a jump. Crazy to see the fitness level of some of these prospects. Especially in July. It's July. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're expected to be at top form. Uh, some of them haven't played for, for a few months and, and, uh, yeah, they were, they were all looking rather good. Um, as far as, as on ice, typically a development camp is run by the, um, AHL coaching staff. That's how it's been done in the past. This one was run primarily by Adam Nicholas, uh, although Jeff Wool and, and his staff were there as well. Um, and, and I think the, what I saw is that, that most of the drills were, um, were game action. Uh, they weren't just, you know, skating up and down or, uh, they, they were some sort of game scenario that, uh, Nicholas placed, uh, the, the, the prospects in, uh, and it got pretty intense at times, especially as I say for, for July. Um, one thing that was a little different, um, we saw a monitor on the bench uh, and the video was live and, and uh, uh, Nicholas would stop the, the action and, and go over and, and have a teaching moment with, with video that had just been captured either to provide an example or provide a correction. Um, it's something that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been doing in their development camp for eight or nine years, but this is the first time we saw that. Uh, with the Canadians, and there was no stray pucks that uh, <laughs> that disturbed the monitor. Um, each each um, NHL team does a development camp, but they all do it a little bit differently. They even do it at at different times. Um, I thought it was interesting, kind of following up on Connor Bedard. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, development camp is done entirely off ice. 
um, which is fascinating. And, and um, we'll have to dig more into the reasoning for that. Um, but a little bit different uh, development camp for the Canadians and, and their prospects. And, and I thought it was, and of course, ending with um, the, the fan favorite, which, we, which is uh, uh, two scrimmages. Yeah, um, they did a little bit of team building too. Lots of fun to be had for these prospects. Uh, you might have to explain what was up with them riding around in these go-karts. It seemed like they had a track <laughs> set up too. That was interesting to watch. And uh, like you said, the scrimmage happened, uh, two different games. Uh, team Red won the first game, one to nothing, courtesy of a goal from Jack Smith. Uh, they uh, beat uh, the 2022 prospect Quentin Miller, who was in net. Uh, and then in game two, uh, it was tied one to one, went to the shootout and uh, team red one in the shootout. Uh, I believe Logan Mayu got one of those shootout goals too. Yeah. Alex Tuck was, was good. And, and it's, it's uh, those prospects that, that uh, you might forget about Jack Smith, uh, kind of like a Sean Farrell um, and, uh, and Alex Tuck um, kind of a long-term project. And uh, he looked pretty good at the camp as well. Uh, it's Luke Tuck, the one that we have now. Uh, sorry, sorry. Or am I? <laughs> no, you, no, yes, of too, course, yeah, of course. Too many tucks. Too many. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think, like we said, a few standouts for me. Uh, Logan Mayu and Lane Hudson were the ones that uh, seemed to look the best. Uh, I know uh, Logan Mayu's maybe a little bit older than some of the other guys, but uh, he seems to be coming in and uh, proving that he should deserve an opportunity. And uh, what else can we say about Lane Hudson? Uh, seems to be. Uh, very skillful, and uh, David Reinbacker had a lot of great things to say about Lane. Um, probably you get the puck, skate it out a little bit, and then you give it to him and just start watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, he he's a good offensive player. Uh, I would say um, I hope it's not too high for him, but or for the media now, he's probably in the next game a car. Um, he's so good on the skates; uh, he can do some so crazy, crazy stuff on the ice. So. I uh, would love to play with him one day, um, make a pair with him, and then, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, he and me, uh, me and all the other guys, I guess we have a long journey, um, a lot of work to do, um, that we can play one day for Montreal and do the goal we have to do. Uh, David Reinbacker is is adorable. He's naive. He's very genuine. He's open with his emotion. He'll he'll learn, and he'll tame that back a little bit, Um but I, I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, um, I hope that the media don't take and run with this, uh, which, of course, they did. And both about the him wanting to or, or, or enjoying being paired with Lane Hudson, but also uh, Lane Hudson being the next Kale McCarr. And, of course, that was, that was uh, every headline um, uh, the, for as soon as he said it, the, the headlines were were spread around social media. Yeah, of course. And uh, do I think Lane Hudson's going to be like Kale McCarr? Uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit of a stretch, but uh, certainly a nice uh, compliment coming from David Reinbacker. And uh, I guess to return the favor, Lane Hudson talked about David Reinbacker himself. Uh, whew, that's tough. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I mean, he's he's the next David Reinbacker. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be really good. Uh, you know, you can see it. He uh, he wants to get better. He wants to be good every day. And, uh, you know, he's going to be really good. Brilliant answer. <laughs> Brilliant answer. Uh, he's going to be himself. He's going to be his own unique player. Uh, that's uh, that's NCAA media training for you right there. Um, that was that was a brilliant answer. It doesn't get him in trouble. Um, I thought he was very quick in in answering that. 
Um, and and was very complimentary, just the same for for David Randbach. I don't I don't think that uh, in my list of of standouts um, for the on ice performance of, of the prospects, uh, David Reinbacker wasn't in there. Um, um, he was uh, you know certainly front and center with all the off ice activities, and and he was delightful uh, in all of his media opportunities. Um, but I think that that uh, Lane Hudson was. Um, was perhaps the the star of of the camp. Uh, every single day, every single drill, he was. Um, I found him as the best player on the ice. Well, uh, let's uh, hear what Rob Ramage had to say about David Reinbacker. You know, I like him. He's a big rock kid, and uh, a lot of nerves. It's been a, a difficult month. He, you know, combine. Uh, he hadn't been on the ice until Friday, so you know, he really. I was talking to him just as we were walking off the ice. And, he was disappointed. He didn't score. He had chances and everything else. He, you know, hey, it's it's July for crying out loud. So he just wanted to do so well for everybody. Rob Ramage, of course, the director of of development, and uh, knows these prospects uh, pretty well. And and I think that um, Rob Ramage there was, if you read him, was acknowledging that that yes, it was it was not necessarily Ryan Backer's, um ability that was was uh his full potential wasn't shown on the ice at development camp uh but provided a number of reasons why that was the case and listen with all the the attention of the draft um and and what he was put through it it's uh it's understandable that he maybe didn't put forth his best effort yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about David Reinbacker in segment two. I have the feeling we have some questions about this player. Uh, but uh, let's hear from a goalie. Jakob uh, Dobas uh, got to talk about his path uh, to improvement. Well, definitely it comes with experience. I think, you know, the more games I will play and the uh, older I get, you know, I will become as them. So I just need uh, experience and um, I didn't have a problem, you know, going to college and compete against better guys. You know, I'm a very competitive guy, so I don't like to get score on or lose. So I think my mentality will push me and I will have a good season. I could have played um, a dozen Jakob Dobas quotes. This guy is, uh, he's amazing to talk to. Um, He was... um, you know, maybe a little unknown, um, had a great college career, um, and then came to the Laval Rocket at the end of last season. Unfortunately, and I, I, I think this was a mistake um, by the Rocket, that he didn't get into uh, games. And, and he, he said that all he needs is, um, is experience. He needs games. Um, he, he said that... Um, that he didn't think that the pace between uh, college and the AHL was uh, a whole lot different, but that the players themselves were sk- much more skilled and, and that he looked forward to the opportunity in playing against them. Um, he went on and talked about uh, he's going to spend the summer in St. Louis training, as he's done for the past few years. His brother um, uh, lives there, and and uh, his family is going to come over uh, from Czechia to visit um, and he said that uh, part of his workout um, over the summer, as it has been, is going to involve uh, boxing and hot yoga. So he's <laughs> going to be all set to go for Laval in the fall. 
Very very well-rounded, and uh, sounds like he has some good short-term goals. Uh, We also hear from Owen Beck, who's got some short-term goals for himself. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, just got to focus on the summer. You know, I've got some uh, short-term goals, uh, you know, where I want to be. Obviously, uh, you know, trying to to make this uh, team as a 19-year-old is uh, is no easy challenge, and that's something that uh, I want to strive for. Um, You know, if not, it's, uh, it's, you know, getting there the the following year and, um, you know, having having another successful year in junior and and, uh, working to get there uh, next season. We talked about the incredible season that Owen Beck had um, involving World Juniors and gold medals and getting traded and making his NHL debut, Memorial Cup. Um, he's described as, as one of the, the smartest players in junior hockey, and, and that's going to help him. Uh, he understands, perfectly understands, the, the challenge that he has, especially with the number of forwards uh, that the Canadians have. But his short-term goal is to, um, is to, to make this team. Otherwise, he'll go back to junior um, Rob Ramage was very complimentary of him uh, and, and said that, you know, he's smart, reliable, uh, consistent, a, a coach's dream, um, and said this guy is going to play. Whether it's this year or, or the following year, we don't know yet, but he's going to play. And our uh, final audio clip comes from Rob Ramage. He's talking about Logan Mayu. He, you know, he had a great year. Uh, every time you watched him, whether it's myself or Frankie or, or Nick, uh, he just looked like an NHL player out there. You know, it's the biggest thing is he needs to play. He hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last three years, but he took ownership of, of uh, being a leader on that team. Uh, they overachieved. There's no way I thought they'd make it to the finals. And, you know, uh, obviously good coaching with with Dale Hunter, but they, you know, he played 30 minutes a game, and and they were solved for the most part. So yeah, his development's really coming. I mean, um, you know, we'll see what happens, and, and he's going to push for sure. Uh, that's his goal. He'd like to be in Montreal. That's Lavelle. It's nothing off developing there either. He's going to push for sure. Talking about Canadians' uh, training camp in the fall, uh, also mentioned that uh, Logan Mayu looks like an NHL player, and certainly at development camp, um, he took no prisoners. He was very physical. Uh, he was intimidating at times, um, and and yet at the same time he was. Uh, the, the leadership qualities that many of his teammates had talked about from last year with London. Um, he was he was guiding people on the ice. He was uh, offering praise. Um, he was certainly one of the standouts at uh, development camp. So if you're looking for more information on what, just what happened at development camp, uh, you can find all that content and uh, more information about Canadians prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. There was quite a bit of news uh, around the league in terms of free agency. Uh, Too many signings for us to mention even, but uh, we'll just highlight some of the standouts. Uh, We'll go with uh, Dmitry Orlov signing a long-term deal with the the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Matt Duchesne, who was bought out by the Nashville Predators, finds a home in Dallas. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly heads into Nashville on a four-year deal. I guess that's your Matt Duchesne and uh, Ryan Johansson replacement. Uh, Jason Zucker goes from Pittsburgh to Arizona. Alex Killorn uh, takes a huge deal with the the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I'm surprised at just how much he was able to get there. Uh, Ottawa Senators find uh, their goaltender in Eunice Corposalo. And uh, I will mention, too, Vladimir Tarasenko still looking for a contract. Uh, he just recently fired his agent, and he's on to his third agent uh, in the past few years. 
And we can't we can't forget Milan Lucic going back to Boston. Yeah, that's uh, a big the, one. The, the, the perfect marriage there. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully Arbor Jacka is around for those Boston games, you know. <laughs> But uh, coming up, we'll take uh, our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, We'll hear from our sponsors, DraftKings, and it's our big topic segment. So stay with us. This is Canadians Connection here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And just a little reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast here in the player on your favorite podcasting app, wherever you get your podcasts, so that you never miss a single episode throughout this busy offseason. So it's time for our midsummer edition of the Rocket Sports Mailbag. Uh, We're happy to hear from our Canadians Connection listeners. Uh, The mailbag was jam-packed with questions and comments about the NHL draft, roster changes, and predictions for next season, a mix of Facebook direct messages, emails, texts, uh, comments on YouTube, and any, like any other way you can reach out to us. <laughs> uh, in this episode, we're uh, going to respond to questions on David Reinbacker, Alex Newhook, Matt Michkov, Joel Edmondson, Philip Zadina, and more. And Rick, I'm very excited to get to this. Always enjoy the questions from our listeners. They have great questions to ask, and uh, honestly, uh, probably one of my favorite segments to do personally. For sure, and uh, it, to to hear how um, our listeners have thought about issues, um, have have rolled it over in their minds, have analyzed things, have listened to us, um, it's it's all very gratifying, and and uh, the questions that, that they ask are are typically very intelligent. Yeah, and it shows that our listeners really are paying attention and listening to our content too, which feels great For to sure. hear back. So Absolutely. starting things off, uh, as we do have plenty of questions to get to, uh, let's uh, turn over to Tim 
from St. John, New Brunswick. And uh, what he had to say is, hey, guys, we are we really enjoy the show. Me and my hockey buddies were having a beer and discussing the Habs number one pick, which I happen to love. But the question is, why does it seem right handed defensemen are harder to acquire than left handed defensemen? Or are we perceiving that incorrectly? Thanks for your professional and focused show. So thank you very much for that message, Tim. Um, I'll start this one off, and uh, I think it's quite simple, uh, the answer to this. Uh, I think that there are just fewer right-handed defensemen than there are left-handed defensemen. And I think that actually goes for most positions, even forwards. And uh, just uh, reading through an article on NHL.com from May 2020, it states that roughly 60 to 70% of uh, NHL players are left-handed shooters, depending on the season, of course. So it's uh, quite a big difference. And uh, Rick, I'll let you provide your insights for this. Yeah, for sure. The only um, modification I would make, he he says, uh, Tim says, are we perceiving this uh, correctly or incorrectly? When he says left-handed defenseman, um, I think what he means there is left-shot defenseman. Because as it turns out, left-handed defensemen are right-shot defensemen. Um, so, and, and you're exactly right, Michael, two thirds of, uh, in general, uh, two thirds of all players in the NHL, um, are right-handed and that means they're left shot in, it doesn't, um, doesn't stay true in every country, but in North America, in Canada, especially when children are taught to play hockey, they play with their dominant hand at the top of the stick. Uh, so if you're right hand dominant, that goes at the top of the stick. That makes you a left-hand shot. Um, so th- since the majority are right-handed, it's that that instruction is going to produce more left-shot hockey players. Um, you know, th- similar in in Major League Baseball, um, left-handed starting pitchers. Uh, there are fewer of them, so they make more money than than uh, right-handed uh, starting pic- pitchers. It's just the way it goes. And if you need any more evidence, watch the signing ceremony, the, the signing video that I, I referred to earlier. Um, David Reinbacker is going to sign his contract with his left hand, meaning he's a right-shot player. And and yes, they are they are more rare. Um, and uh, and yes, there are are. Uh, players who can play both sides, uh, uh, especially left-hand, left-shot uh, players who can play both sides, but it's just not natural the way you pick the puck off the boards and and so on. Uh, so you kind of want folks on their on their on their strong side. Yeah. So if I were hypothetically to have a child and that child was interested in playing hockey and they were left-handed meeting that they shoot right <laughs> i would definitely make them play defense because <laughs> because i think there there's go. opportunity of course yeah. uh, kidding around a little bit but uh, our next question uh it's another interesting one uh, this one comes from george in halifax nova scotia he says hi guys will the canadians take a chance on philip zadina had an amazing season with the Mooseheads. he seems to be the perfect fit for the marty st louis rehab clinic an underachieving former six overall pick might be worth it. Make it happen, Kent. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for reaching out to us, George. I'm assuming uh, you're a Halifax Mooseheads fan and you had plenty of time to watch this player. So uh, I'll just start this one off. I'll defer to you, Rick. Yeah. Um, is he a perfect candidate for um, the Marty St. Louis Rehab Clinic? And I like how, uh, how you phrased it, George. Uh, absolutely. Um, except that rehab clinic has a limited number of seats. 
Um, assuming that Alex Newhook is there, assuming that Kirby Doc isn't yet to his full potential, assuming Leas Anderson uh, is going to be entered into that quote-unquote clinic. Uh, and because the Canadians have such a, uh, a large number of forwards, uh, no, I don't think that there's room for uh, another another forward, never mind one that needs to uh, a pass into the clinic. Um, you know, the, the, the issues with um, uh, Philippe Zadina, we remember um, he had such a, a, a strong uh, junior career uh, in the queue, and he was going to um, fill the, the, the net because the Canadians didn't, didn't take him, uh, and it, it just didn't come to pass. Do I think that he might be a late bloomer? I, I, you know, that's, that's certainly possible. Uh, and with the contract, the way the contract was terminated, uh, that's out of the way. I think that, that there's going to be a team that takes, takes a chance on him. I just don't happen to think it's going to be the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said there. Uh, just looking at Cat Friendly, it looks like the Habs have 12 forwards on the roster, and that's not including Yessa Ullinen, uh, Leah Anderson, or Emil Heinemann, who could be making a push this season. So I just don't think there's going to be a room for this player to come in. Uh, I still think Zadina has a lot of potential. He's a very skilled player. I think a lot of people fell in love with him uh, as a prospect when he was playing in Halifax, but... Uh, the fit's just not going to be in Montreal, although I think that uh, another team might have an opportunity for him. Yeah. Um, the next question uh, comes in from Matt in Greenfield Park, Quebec, and he says, Great show, guys, and I'm not just saying that to get my question read. Uh, Canadians <laughs> Connection is my favorite Habs podcast, so uh, we appreciate that compliment, yeah. and uh, that's a good way to get your uh, question read on this podcast. <laughs> um, so his question is, uh, now here's my question. Why haven't we heard from Alex Newhook yet? Don't you think it's weird? Could Kent be trying to flip him? And that's an interesting question. Um, I, I guess just looking at it for where he's at right now, he is an unsigned RFA. I don't know if that necessarily has anything to do with it. Uh, I know contracts sometimes take a while to get done. But uh, you look at what Montreal gave up to bring in this player, a first and a second. I don't think that there's really a trade out there that would be valuable enough or more valuable than the first and second round picks that they gave up to acquire him. So I'm not sure that uh, they're looking at flipping him out. And uh, of course, uh, he does have a relationship with Kent Hughes, Kent being his uh, former player agent. So I'd be surprised if uh, that didn't weigh in as a factor as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um and, and a good catch uh, by Matt in Greenfield Park in the South Shore. Um, it's, we, re, we remember the language when the Canadians traded for him. It was for the rights to uh, Alex Newhook, given that he hasn't been signed to uh, the Montreal Canadiens a contract yet. I think that is, that is the reason. Um, you know, the Canadians, we, we said, paid a huge price, 31 and 37 especially in the draft we've just come through. Uh, they've got to really value this player uh, highly um, and and uh, think he's he's grossly underachieved so far in order to pay that high price for him. So, um, you know, investing that much in him, I don't think uh, they're going to be moving him at all. Um, and I expect once he's signed, and, and um, I don't think there's any, you know, you move through contracts, there's time to do that over the summer. Yeah, he's an RFA. Um, there's other RFA contracts to be signed. I expect we're going to be um, 
having him in a Zoom call uh, very soon. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it as well. Uh, another question comes in from Alex in Tecumseh, Ontario. Uh, what he has to say is, I know that there have been a lot of talks about the Canadians making the playoffs next year, but I just don't see it. Uh, do you think that they will finish in the bottom five next season again? And that's a really good question. Uh, not sure where the noise of uh, them making the playoffs next year is necessarily coming from, but uh, Rick, I'll get you to start this off. Well, it was coming from Ken Hughes, who said... Um, in the year-end press conference, uh, we're not ruling out the playoffs. We're not going into next season um, assuming that we won't make the playoffs. Uh, That's a little different than the way it's been twisted in the media and the way fans have have grabbed onto it saying, Canadians are going to make the playoffs next year. Um, but, um, I, I think this is a, this is a great question because it's all about expectations. And for the last couple of years, the expectations were very low. Um, and, and the Canadians met them. <laughs> they met those low ex- expectations. And I think, uh, still they played an entertaining brand of hockey and, and Canadians fans were satisfied even though, um, they finished, uh, near the bottom of the standings. Now, What's going to happen next next season? Have they done enough uh, to to uh, um, make a move? Um, I think you got to you got to look at the East and um, the teams that they're going to be competing against. Um, maybe have done a little bit more. Um, so I don't. I think it's going to be difficult um, to make the playoffs. Um, saying that. There's still there's still a good part of the summer to go. Um, is there a trade? Uh, is there something that can improve the team uh, for this year? We're going to make as we did last year. We're going to make our uh, regular season predictions, and that's going to come in in one of our shows uh, in September, our, our pre- prediction show. Um, but I have noticed that uh, uh, there are you know CBS uh, Sports put out there. Uh, projected way too early standings. Uh, they had the Canadians 26th, I believe. Uh, Corey Pronman put out his mock draft for 2024. He has the Canadians picking third. Uh, I think he based his projections on the Vegas odds of winning the Stanley Cup and ordered them that way. So uh, out there, there's a, an opinion that the Canadians uh, are going to finish, uh, if not in the bottom five, in the bottom ten next season and won't make the playoffs. So I think, uh, Alex, you're, you're absolutely right that, um, that, that you're not seeing the reason that they'll be a playoff bound team. Uh, and that's, that's entirely possible the way it could make uh, work out. Or, you know, if, if the Canadians have an injury free season, what's that going to do, uh, with the lineup they have? Um, you know, that's yet to be seen. Yeah, and uh, I agree with all of that. I guess to give a little preview on my bold predictions, I do think bottom five is right where they should be. (laughs) Uh, I kind of listed out who else I think would round out that bottom five. I think the Blackhawks, the Coyotes, the Flyers, and the Blue Jackets probably all within that area as well. Uh, Some teams that we did see in the bottom five last year, so... Um, I also look at the the Atlantic Division, and uh, there are a lot of question marks and a lot of very good teams in the Atlantic Division. 
I just don't think Montreal matches up well in this division at all. Uh, Tampa and Toronto are shoe-ins for the playoffs going forward. Uh, Boston, kind of a wild card, but I said that last year, and then they broke all the records for winning. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I think they're good until further notice. Uh, Florida kind of barely made the playoffs, but again, they were very far ahead of the Montreal Canadiens in the standings. Uh, where the Atlantic gets very interesting, though, is you have Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo all looking to make big leaps this year, try and push for the playoffs. So I just don't think it's the time for Montreal to make that push, uh, especially within this division. Yeah. Our next question comes from uh, Tom and Katie in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, must be nice to be in Florida. Uh, what they had to say is uh, good luck to Joel Edmondson with the Washington Capitals. Uh, with him gone, who takes the A? Thanks for the great show, guys. We rely on you. So appreciate the compliments again. And uh, it's a really good question. Um, Joel Edmondson, uh, of course, wore an A last season. He was a big part of that leadership core. Uh, next season, it's hard to say, uh, I guess, making kind of a general prediction. I think they'll want a defenseman to wear an A. Uh, you look at uh, Nick Suzuki wearing the C. I'm assuming Brendan Gallagher will keep the A as well. Uh, so those are two forwards in the leadership group. And looking at their defense, I see two veteran defensemen and David Savard and Mike Matheson. It kind of makes sense. Uh, both have a ton of experience. Savard is a cup winner, a pretty good role model for the younger players. We, talk, we talked about uh, David Savard and the role he played uh, mentoring Keaton Gooley last season. So I, I think David Savard would be my pick, but I think uh, either one of Savard or Matheson are the ones that make the most sense. Yeah, and, and that does make sense. Uh, great question from Tom and Katie. Um, and I'm assuming they are one of the uh, many uh, Canadians fans who get to Tampa and, and we see them on the broadcast, we hear them. Um, and thank you for, for uh, both listening to the podcast and supporting the Canadians when you can, uh, when they're down in your area. Um, Nick Suzuki with the C, um, it's a given that Gallagher is going to have one of the A's. Now, I, I see this as going in two direction, uh, one of two directions, uh, that you can go with a, um, with one of the veteran, like Gallagher, you can go with a veteran. Uh, David Savard would be a perfect candidate, and David Savard wore the A at times uh, last year when um, Edmondson was out of the lineup with injuries. You know how much they've invested uh, in Mike Matheson and wanting him to, um, represent, uh, th this new step that they're taking. Could Mike Matheson wear an A? I, I think so. Um, and maybe on a rotating basis. What about Monaghan? Um, and, and the leadership that he provides, um, and, and especially for the, the younger players, or what if you went in an entirely different direction? What if you said, well, Nick Suzuki is the future um, and we have an opportunity here to give an A to one of our young leaders. Uh, what about Caden Gooley? Uh, and you mentioned uh, having a, uh, an A on a defenseman. What better defenseman than Caden Gooley? What about Kirby Dock if, if he's going to be, um, you know, the, the number two center? Um and again, uh, they, they invested a lot to, to get him. So I think there's a lot of choices, um, but it's going to come down to what kind of, uh, what kind of priorities uh, that uh, the management group uh, sees. And, and, and with this number of choices, um, I think that uh, the group might be expanded from two um, alternates 
to maybe a rotating uh, system to include a number of these people. Yeah, I like the idea of having a rotating uh, A going around a few of these guys. I uh, like the Ghoulie pick as well. Uh, he's going to be, uh, I guess, the second year in the NHL. I don't know if that would be considered too early, but uh, you've heard a lot about uh, his maturity and uh, him talking about some of the other prospects and calling them kids. So uh, I think that's a really interesting <laughs> pick too. Uh, but the main question is, who's going to look after the playlist in, in the locker room oh. uh, that was Edmondson's? Uh, um, I, I, he nabbed that, that job responsibility. And uh, from, all, uh, from all reports, he did a good job with it. Yeah, I wonder if we do see uh, Captain Nick take over. Uh, he went to the Nickelback concert with his good friend Cole Caulfield a few weeks back. So I can approve yeah. of that if that's his music choice. <laughs> Uh, next question comes in uh, from uh, Michelle or Michael from uh, Lorette, Manitoba. Uh, what they had to say is, with the most offensively skilled group of forwards in a decade sitting there for the taking, I can't figure out why Kent Hughes played it safe with a defensive defenseman. Do you think they believe that they have enough top six forwards? Uh, he lists out uh, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Dock, Uri Slavkovsky, Sean Farrell, Alex Newhook. And then says, in the words of McKegg, is the cupboard full? Well, I, I don't know about uh, <laughs> quoting uh, Grant McKegg for this one, uh, but uh, I'll uh, kind of start this one off. Uh, I think that out of all the names you listed, to me, only three of them are bona fide top six forwards. And those are uh, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc. The other ones, I think, still have a lot to prove. I think they really have to solidify themselves as NHLers even. So uh, I don't think that uh, Montreal's in a position where you can necessarily say the cupboard is going to be full. I don't think that uh, there's anything wrong with stocking up on more and more of those forwards. Uh, I know that scoring is something that Montreal has knowingly not had a lot of over the past uh, few decades even. So uh, I don't think that that's the reason why they decided to do that. Uh, I just really feel like they valued David Reinbacker that much. And when they saw an opportunity to get uh, a right shot defenseman, uh, the top defenseman of his class projected anyway, uh, they just didn't want to pass up on that. This is a really good question, and there's a number of elements to it. Um, and yes, um, I, I think what I like about this is that Canadians fans are trying to make some logical sense of why the team went in the direction that it did. Um, and, you know, we, we've heard um, a number of scouts say that there was the dynamic skilled forwards at the top of this draft or within the top 10 or like you haven't ever seen, um, you know, best draft or best first round in a decade and all those kinds of comments. So uh, why did, why did the Canadians play it safe? Why did they go with um, a defensive defenseman? And we heard that uh, one of the responses from Kent Hughes was, well, uh, we think that um, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Kirby Doc can give us more. That they there is more offense to come from them. So um, there's, you know, I, I understand why why Michelle in Lorette um, may have said, uh, okay, maybe they're thinking we've got enough. Uh, but then you look around the league, um, and and the Canadians have a good prospect pool. They do. Uh, do they have the best prospect pool? I, I think that would be a reach saying that. And you look at mm -hmm. the talent um, of, of some of these teams, 
uh, established talent, uh, especially those um, that that were um, you know went deep in the playoffs, or or uh, an up and coming team like Buffalo, who has a ton of talent. Uh, and no, the the cupboard's full. And I, I found this amusing, and this comes up over and over again, uh, certainly on Twitter. Uh, Grant McKay, well, he does his thing, and and um, it's 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 fun at times he he uh, ahead of the draft he says 50 bold things and he might hit on one and and that's what he sticks with and this past draft um one of the things that he said was that he w- he was guaranteeing that Matt Vemichkov would fall into the second round that that all teams would pass him in the first round anyway um this goes back to something he posted on Twitter and and um i i, I don't it was late late 2017, early 2018. Uh, and he tweeted, um, the cupboard, the prospect cupboard is full. Um, let's, let's end this talk about drafting and development. Let's, let's, uh, let's push for, for a Stanley cup. And he listed, uh, the, the, the prospect, uh, pool, uh, that apparently was, was full. Uh, and he had players like uh, Ryan Paling and Josh Brook and, and Yoni Ikenin, uh, Kale Flurry, Will Bitten, Victor Meta, uh, Noel Jewison, um, Lucas Vedemo, Dan Odette, all of these players. He he made a whole list, and and somebody he's deleted it since then. But somebody has um, has has screenshotted it, and and it circulates from time to time. So that's that's what the what uh, Michelle is getting at. Um, but no, you can't have like that list. Um, not all of those players necessarily are going to hit. Um, you need um, you need top elite players. You need uh, you need depth scoring. Um, you need more prospects than that. And I think that the Canadians, as far as being a team that um, the the goal is to compete regularly for the Stanley Cup, uh, they're going to need uh, some some top prospects for the next few years uh, to be able to get into that group. I guess to add a little bit too, I would argue that there's more clarity on the Montreal defense core than there is up front in the forwards. You look at all the mm-hmm. young players they have, uh, Gooley, Baron, Harris. Uh, I think there's still some hope for Jack Guy and some of the other guys around. So I, I don't know that uh, that's quite uh, what they were doing when they targeted uh, Ryan Backer with that fifth overall pick. Uh, next question uh, comes from Stefan in Montreal, and uh, he says it's a simple question. Uh, simple answer, answer, please. What is going to happen in goal this year? And uh, for that, I'll turn it over to you, Rick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, this this is a brilliantly asked question by Stefan because right away he boxes you in saying it's a simple question, so give us a simple answer. When it's, n- I mean, it's a simply worded question, uh, a direct question, but this is a really complex uh, situation and yeah. complex answer. Um, so and nicely done, uh, trying to box us in. We're, we're not going to take the bait, unfortunately, uh, Stefan. Um, this is this is an evolving situation, uh, absolutely. Um, Jake Allen, um, Jake Allen's moving into a a new contract and is uh, likely to be the starting goaltender. Sam Montembeau had a pretty good season last year. You know, for every 
um, for every two good starts, he had two bad starts. And but it was for Sam Montembeau, it was one of his uh, better seasons. Um, so I th- I still think that he'll start as the backup and and try to work his way up. Now after that, um, all bets are off. Caden Primo, we know. Um, he is no longer waiver exempt. Uh, he's subject to waivers. Uh, will the Canadians be willing to move him, uh, willing to lose him? I should say, um, you know, at the start of the season, will he be claimed on waivers? He, he hasn't, um, he hasn't lived up to his potential. He's had an okay, um, progression in the AHL. He's been dreadful in the NHL. Uh, will he pass waivers? Um, that's certainly possible. And and down in Laval, well, we talked about Jakob Dobas. We we talked about the the two goaltenders uh, that they signed, who will likely um, spend time in both Laval and Trois Rivieres. Uh, this this is an evolving situation, and you know we still haven't talked about. It. There's a chance that that Jake Allen's moved. Over the summer, there's a chance, uh, and and Kent Hughes talked about it, uh, maybe signing uh, an experienced NHL backup. Uh, too many moving parts uh, to 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 provide a simple answer, unfortunately. Well, when you say uh, potentially signing an experienced NHL backup, I wonder if uh, Yaroslav Halak is still looking for a contract. That'd be cool <laughs> oh, to see boy. him back. I don't <laughs> think that's actually going to happen, though, but... Uh, I guess my simple version of the answer is uh, they're probably going to roll it back with Allen and Montembeau and probably give Primo some opportunities as well since he's going to be making some one-way money. Um, I guess to expand a little bit more, I think next offseason is really the time for Montreal to address the goaltending need. Uh, it's the final year on Montembeau's contract this season. You know, you have Allen locked up on a pretty big contract. I don't know that that's going to be a movable contract given where Allen is uh, in his career. Uh, I think Allen probably ends up starting the majority of the games. Uh, Montembeau, I, I guess, taking the backup or 1B role on this team anyway. And uh, that's kind of where it's at at the moment. Uh, I just feel like for this, uh, when Ken Hughes handed uh, Montembeau a two-year contract and extended Allen, I felt that this was kind of a punt for dealing with goaltending down the roll, mm-hmm. down the road. And uh, I think next offseason, is really the time we'll see more clarity, especially since this team is still rebuilding. I think Alan Montembeau as a tandem on a rebuilding team is fine. They'll get you right into that bottom five where you want to be, right? <laughs> and and one possibility that we didn't cover, that is, will the Canadians carry three goaltenders? That's going to be difficult, especially yeah. with uh, the number of, of extra forwards uh, that they're going to have to co- accommodate um, in their starting um opening day lineup but uh, there are some teams out there that are carrying uh, three goaltenders around that we've seen that at times uh, you look yeah. at carolina going with ranta anderson and kachekov uh, vegas going through probably five goaltenders at a time <laughs> uh, i'm not going to name all of them but uh, there might be some precedents for this but uh, like you said uh, i don't know that there's going to be enough room on the roster yeah and uh, our final uh, question in this mailbag uh, comes from Cyril in uh, North Battleford, uh, Saskatchewan, uh, when what he had to say is, it seems that Montreal media is trying to sweep the draft under the rug for fans on Twitter, uh, and fans on Twitter are helping. Apparently, you either believe that David Reinbacker was the best pick since Guy Lafleur, or you are to blame for his hate mail. 
but I still want to know why the Habs passed on Matvey Michkov. Did he tell them that he wouldn't play for Montreal as it, as it was rumored? I know you guys will tell me the truth. And uh, Rick, I, I, I feel like you're, uh, you're the truth guy of Montreal podcast. <laughs> I think that's fair to call you. I'll kind of start this off, but this is going to be mostly uh, to set you up because uh, I know you're going to have the bulk of the information here. Uh, personally, uh, I don't think uh, we can really confirm this, but uh, we know that there was an interview where the Habs uh, mentioned that they believed that Reinbacker and Bedard were the two players closest to being NHL ready. I wonder if that's kind of what they were going for, maybe just being impatient and wanting somebody in right away. Uh, listening to media availabilities in some places, uh, uh, they kind of say that they'll be drafting what they believe is the best player available. And then in another media availability, they talk about how they would have cooled on Reinbacker a little bit if he wasn't a right shot defenseman. So with that, I'll uh, send it over to you, Rick. Well, that's a good point to start with about, um, I, I think that being NHL ready uh, and being uh, the the top ranked uh, players and, and when you look at potential are completely different things. And I think there's, I, I've seen some folks um, out there on Twitter, I've, I've seen some, some comments on our YouTube channel about uh, that's that uh, fans claiming that scouts have said that Bedard and uh, Reinbacker are the were the two best uh, prospects in the entire draft. That's that's just that's false. That's bald faced lie. That that's false. What's what people have said is that yes, uh, Bedard and Reinbacker uh, in their progression are closest to the NHL doesn't doesn't rank how they'll perform once they get there uh just said that that uh, given um the way they play in their path uh, that that they they are close to the NHL to be honest there's I don't think there's a chance that Ryan Backer is going to play for the Montreal Canadiens um certainly not uh, not next season I think the plan is to send him back although um you know he could uh he could play in uh Laval uh if need be Having said all that, um, I th- I think it's unfortunate the way this all kind of played out. That um, as like prospects, please get off social media. Please get off social media. Um, and and was he getting you know text? Was he no? He was getting comments on on his social media. Uh, we know that that some of them were very derogatory. We know that that many of them came from. Uh, fan bases uh, not uh, associated with the Montreal Canadiens, Leafs fans, Bruins fans, uh, said some nasty things. Um, and and once that happened, all of a sudden, uh, it wasn't cool anymore uh, to, to provide any kind of criticism about the pick, that everybody had to be on board and cheerleading, uh, or else you, you weren't a, a real fan, in quotes, of the team, and that, that's really, really unfortunate. We should be able to have a dialogue, um, as we try to do here. And and yes, I appreciate Cyril saying uh, that he trusts us for the truth because we're not going to sugarcoat things. We're not going to, uh, you know, put out information for for clicks. Um, we're going to give you what what we know, um, and sometimes we don't know the whole story. Um, as far as as you know, Reinbacker. 
Um, was was he the was this the the best pick possible, or was this done for need? It seems to be um, from all of the comments uh, from the, the the scouting staff um, and Bob Roth and the point. Uh, it seems to be need that that this was considered a right-handed sh- uh, a right shot uh, um, defenseman was considered to be uh, something that was difficult to obtain um, and and that that they thought the the draft was the best time to grab a player like that. Um, as far as Michkov, I think I really think that the Canadians were out pretty early. I think they set their sights on Rhinebacker. Um, now we we were talking about Rhinebacker as being one of the top choices for the Canadians in May. I think they were they had him top on their list way earlier than that, um, and that that it was his place uh, to be knocked from. Um, and and I think I've said it before, and it concerns me a little bit. Uh, we keep hearing over and over again, Marty Lapointe and, and others say this pick was unanimous. I hope it wasn't. I really hope. I hope he's just saying that. Uh, you want some debate. You want some discussion. You want somebody to say, no, I think Zach Benson is. No, I think Ryan Leonard is. No, I think Michkov is, if, if that was the case. Um, it, it appears, and from what scouts have said, what Lapointe has said, it appears that uh, what, what scared the Canadians most was the character issues and, and the comments about the way he interacts with uh, coaching staff, the way he, uh, way Michkov interacted with with uh, teammates and veterans on the team. Uh, character issues seem to be the reason that they were out uh, right away. And and why would this be an issue? Can you bring someone into a, a locker room who has character issues? Well, you certainly can if, if Shea Weber's your captain. He'll straighten that out in no time. However, and, and this is no criticism against Nick Suzuki, but Nick is, uh, is a young captain, and he's, and he's a new captain, and his stature isn't that of, of uh, a Shea Weber or even a Joel Edmondson, for that matter. Um, he's learning to be a captain, and, and he may not be able to rein somebody in uh, like a, a veteran player would be able to do. Uh, and and so I think for all of those reasons, and I know there's been uh, suggestions out there, uh, comparisons made uh, to Logan Mayu uh, and and that Jeff Molson stepped in and, and said that, um, you know, he didn't want to go through the co- controversy with, with Michkov, make a, make a safe pick. Uh, that's a theory. Uh, there's lots of theories. Uh, I just think I just think it happened. It it happened to be um, character issues, and so by the time the Canadians met with Michkov in person at the draft, their decision was already made. They they went through the the motions. They met with him, but I don't believe that it was Michkov telling the Canadians he wouldn't play for him. I mean, why would he meet with them if if that was the case? Um, I think it was it was they had in their mind that that he was not going to be their pick. Um, and, and that, that's, that's been something that's, uh, he wasn't on near the top of their list. And that's been the case for, for quite some time. Yeah. I think that's a great answer to this, Rick. Uh, I, I know that, uh, there are a lot of people speculating out there 
And, uh, you know, as much as I love taking a right turn into Speculation Nation, I think it's important that uh, we report on what's been said and the information that we actually have out there. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, everyone appreciates that answer. And uh, big thanks to Cyril for asking this question. I think it's an important thing for uh, us to address as well. And I think um, uh, Cyril uh, phrased it really well. Um, there was uh, another question earlier from, um, from Michelle and Lorette. Uh, there was, I could tell you that, that the mailbag, whether it was text, whether it was emails, there were a ton of questions about this issue. I thought they phrased it um, r- rather well uh, and were representing all of the other questions uh, we had. Um, but just because your, uh, your, your question didn't make it on the air, um, we want to thank you uh, for reaching out. Um, I'm going to do my best to, to answer uh, most of those uh, directly. And, um, and we encourage you that if uh, any of the answers uh, that you heard here today uh, that uh, weren't quite what you're looking for, that you had another question in mind, reach out to us again. We're always happy to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, please make sure that uh, when you do reach out to us, include your first name and where you're from. That way uh, we know who we're talking to, just like everyone uh, who we answered questions for today. And uh, like you said, Rick, uh, tons of great questions. Uh, Wish we could do this all the time. Wish we could do more. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it's going to be all that uh, we're going to get to today. But uh, that's not all that we are going to ask of our listeners. Uh, We also have a question for our Canadians Connection question of the week that we will ask our listeners as well. And that question is, which prospect impressed you the most at Canadians Development Camp? We want to make sure we hear from you and uh, we'll take our final break here to let you think about it. Uh, We'll hear from our sponsors and uh, make sure you stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, 
log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 251 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, you can feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And uh, that was a really awesome mailbag that we just did. So definitely keep those questions coming in. Uh, Like I said, too, uh, when you do reach out to us, we appreciate when you leave your first name and where you're from. That way we know who we're chatting with. And uh, we've got a pretty busy offseason to come to. And uh, Rick, it's hard to keep track of this team, isn't it? Well, there's all kinds of ways that you can uh, you can catch up with us. Be sure to just be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast uh, but reach out to us on all our social media um, channels. We had a new one added this week. Uh, yes, we are uh, the Habs Connection, uh, Canadians Connection uh, podcast is on threads. Uh, threads sprung out of nowhere from folks at Meta. Um, and uh, so if that's your thing, uh, we, we go where you are. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, it's send us a message there. Threads, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think we even still have a Pinterest account, if, oh, nice. <laughs> if, really, if that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, most of our content, uh, we do have the majority of it all in one spot, and that is at THN.com slash Montreal, and that's where you're going to find all your Montreal Canadiens content. Also, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. Uh, just search at All Halves, and you will find our channel there. Uh, we started putting this podcast into the feed But the main thing you'll find on there is the Habs Hockey Report Show, and that's hosted by Amy Johnson every single Thursday. Uh, This past week's episode is entitled Top 3 Priorities on the Habs Summer To-Do List. Amy Johnson does a great job providing uh, video content. Uh, She's also great at interacting with all the viewers. Leave a like, leave a comment, and uh, most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Also, make sure you subscribe to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Uh, First and foremost, The Press Zone. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. All the episodes will be up on there, so if you've missed any, you can go back as far as you'd like and uh, start listening through those. That's going to be your inside source for everything Laval Rocket, AHL, or Montreal Canadiens prospects. Again, hosted by Amy Johnson and our AHL guru, Patrick Williams. and uh, It's a great uh, show, and that comes out every single Tuesday. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. You can find it at canadiansconnection.fm or on any podcast app. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're going to be here every single Saturday, even throughout the summer. Uh, I was listening to a few hockey podcasts this week, and uh, they're already talking about going on vacation. And uh, here on The Canadians Connection, we don't do that. Uh, we're going to be here every single week. We don't take a break. And uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get your Habs fix every single Saturday. And now uh, it's time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. To our listeners, we ask, which prospect impressed you the most at the Canadians Development Camp? And uh, we want to make sure that uh, we hear from you. Uh, We provided our thoughts in that first segment, and uh, we have a ton of uh, development camp information at uh, THN.com slash Montreal as well. 
Yeah, there is an article, as I mentioned earlier, that our top five standouts, uh, basically the ones we mentioned, uh, Lane Hudson and Owen Beck and Logan Mayu. Uh, we didn't talk. Uh, Philippe Machar uh, looked pretty good um, as well. Adam Engstrom, a uh, bit of a surprise, uh, maybe forgotten, uh, played in the SHL last year. He looked terrific. Uh, at uh, at development camp. So uh, tell us who you liked, and, and maybe you were there. Uh, maybe you were in Brossard and, and got uh, first-hand look. We, we really want to hear from you. And uh, we do have a, a YouTube cha- comment and an email that uh, we received this week that we'd like to read on air. And these are both uh, regarding our episode 250 of the Canadians Connection entitled Half's Drafts, Draft Extravaganza. On YouTube, SB0182 wrote this to us. And what did he say, Rick? Well, uh, with regard to uh, we asked about uh, who um, who you would have picked um, uh, at the no- in the number five slot uh, if Mitchkoff was available, and um, he wrote, "This is the worst pick in franchise history. Yes, worse than Doug Wickenheiser instead of Denny Savard in 1980. David Reinbacker instead of Matt V. Mitchkoff is worse. All right, I think I think he's clear. He's clear as a bell." Yeah, uh, we appreciate uh, everyone's opinion, and uh, thanks for uh, that comment. Uh, we also have an email coming from longtime listener Dino, and uh, what did Dino have to say to us? Uh, he wrote us at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com saying, I would have taken Ryan Leonard at fifth overall, high-end offense and grit, gotta take him. Guys like that are hard to find. There are only so many kachuks. Um, I liked your perspective, Rick, flipping the 2023 versus the 2022 uh, Canadians' priorities to take defense in 2022 and an offensive forward in 2023. Very astute thinking, Rick. Very astute. Almost Sam Pollock-ish. Uh, Sam Pollock, the greatest, gen- in my opinion, the greatest general manager of all time. Any team but uh, happened to be for the Montreal Canadiens. That's high praise from Dino. We really appreciate that. And and yes, I was just spinning a theory. What if the Canadians, rather than taking Yuri Slavkovsky, uh, first overall last year, had taken uh, an offensive defenseman uh, like David Juracek, and maybe instead of taking the defenseman this year in a forward heavy draft, took a Ryan Leonard. So uh, thanks for that comment, Dino. Yeah. And uh, like I said, uh, once again, to everyone reaching out to us, please, please, please leave us your first name and where you're from. Uh, we always enjoy finding out who we're talking to. A uh, couple of things to look forward this week. Uh, watch out for some RFA signings and uh, possibly some trades and some UFA signings uh, throughout the league and on the Montreal Canadiens. Also, the Just for Laughs Festival is going to be happening in Montreal. That's always a fun one, so uh, make sure you keep an eye out on those. That's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. And you can share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, July the 15th for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.